0: No, John, I couldn't possibly do the podcast. What? Why not? I'm too fat.
1: You're too what?
0: I'm I'm too fat.
1: Uh, Veronica, I... I mean, I, a bunch of things. At first, like, you're not fat. Secondly, we're just going to be sitting here. I don't know what how that would be affected.
0: No, I'm simply too fat, and we all know that fat people cannot be on podcasts.
1: I... That's ridiculous. We gotta... Oh, oh. oh, no. Oh, no, I'm panicking. I'm panicking right oh. now. Now I John. can't do the podcast because I'm panicking. Oh, oh, John, stop
0: fretting, oh. John. John, stop fretting.
1: Oh, I'm gonna run.
0: <laughs> oh. toot <Toot-toot>. toot. <laughs> This is uh this is an all time great. classic was a perfect.
1: Of the uh, per- we, I think we captured the disaster film genre.
0: <laughs> to be
1: clear, we were both female characters there. Uh, yes. <laughs> 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 I'm panicking. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Nani needed to fucking chill out. <laughs> we got but- a real. We're, we're talking Barbara from the original Night of the Living Dead levels of complete incapacity due to, quote-unquote, panic and shock. Yes. Um, Whatever. Her, her brother, who looks like a Muppet, died. Fucking get over it, Nani. If you can't tell by our references to characters named Nani, we're talking <laughs> about the Poseidon Adventure today, but who the fuck are we, and what is this?
0: Uh, I am Veronica Iorowski. Who are you?
1: I'm John Bershad, and you are listening to a podcast entitled Box Office Time Machine, where Yay. we speak about the number one movie at the box office, either in the current weekend, or, as in today, Far in the Past, 50 Ooh. Years Ago.
0: Ooh. That's the past. That's that- the sound of the past.
1: People forget that the past uh, word allotted wooed and word
0: <laughs> Woo. It was very
1: windy in the
0: past
1: <laughs> Half a century ago that's how old this movie is.
0: I know uh, and we were barely alive.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, you can tell from our voices uh uh gosh we were uh, we are 51 and 52 years old. Oh, yes. But we did go see it in theaters.
0: Yes, at at the
1: time we we yeah. took
0: a time machine. <laughs> yes, that that that's the premise of this podcast,
1: right? Look, Veronica, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like I don't. Uh, I feel like this conversation is already kind of off the rails, and that's because as we talk about this movie, it's the first time I've ever seen this film. I saw the remake in 2006, but I had never seen the original. Uh, Nor have I read the 1969 novel, nor have I watched the 2005 TV miniseries remake, which I didn't know existed, but came out one year before the theatrical remake. (laughs) This is my first time seeing the movie. And if I uh, uh, sound like uh, uh, this conversation's kind of going all over the place, it's because really every thought I have about this movie is, is drowned out by the sinking hole like imagine a giant ocean liner sinking to the bottom of an ocean and sucking everything in with it and in this metaphor that sinking ocean liner is the fact that i have never hated a main character in a movie as much as i fucking despise gene hackman's character in this film
0: (laughs) oh wow i thought you were gonna say uh Ernest Borgnine. I kind of did not like Ernest Borgnine. I also did not like Gene Hackett.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ernest Borgnine uh, playing the character of uh, Detective Mike uh, Rogo, who's introduced as a man who has recently become married to a sex worker that he previously arrested. Uh, I guess he also worked vice in addition to being a detective lieutenant. He worked his way up. Uh, But he arrested her six (laughs) times. Now he's married to her. And they're introduced, his characterization is that he doesn't care that she used to be a prostitute because he loves her. And then he spends the rest of the movie being real pissed off if she dresses sexy or if any man looks at her. (laughs) Not a very likable character. Oh, and it should be uh, pointed out that every character in this movie screams constantly. Well,
0: my theory is that it's every Oscar winner who does. Because it is like... Every Oscar winner gets a scene where they scream at someone off screen. <laughs> Gene Hackman screams at God, I believe. Uh, yes, yes, But yeah, there's like a scene where every Oscar winner just fucking screams their soul out. And I think it's in a bid to get another Oscar nomination, it's which it- one of them did, which is fucking surprising.
1: Wait, who won, a, who won an Oscar besides the song?
0: Uh no, no one uh won an Oscar, but Shelly Winters actually does uh, or did uh, get nominated for it.
1: She did her Uh own, the aforementioned
0: uh, fatty fucking whale. <laughs> that is Shelly Winters. Her that character
1: was... is uh, Jewish and fat. That is her character. Um yeah. you know what? I wanna be clear. I enjoyed this movie. <laughs> I know it probably hasn't sounded that way so far. I enjoyed this movie. The stunts fucking ruled. I love the old disaster film thing where here's a bunch of varied characters played by varied actors and there's a disaster and we're going to see who survives, who dies, what choices to make, who sacrifices themselves. I love that shit. But my (laughs) hatred of Reverend Frank Scott, played by Gene Hackman, has just colored everything else
0: were you not a fan of his preachings of his mix of some new age buddhist objectivist christianity stuff
1: well the thing is so all the descriptions just in the, of the movie describe him as like so the wikipedia describes him as a minister who believes god helps those who help themselves which i believe is a uh, a good philosophy however as it is presented He's sounds more like he's, like, a prosperity gospel minister. Oh, who's yeah. Who's just talking <laughs> about, like, you like he sounds like he should be in a church in, you know, the 60s talking to uh, Donald Trump's dad, Fred K- Trump, talking about, uh, he sounds like some fucking Joel Austin bullshit. <laughs> um, anytime something happens, his first thought is, A... Uh, we should use the little boy. The first things he does when the disaster happens is he uses the little boy as a guinea pig, and then mm-hmm. he tells the teen girl to take her dress off. Those are his first two actions in a crisis situation. He, then,
0: tells, he tells the two skinny women to take off their dresses, because he also tells it to, is it Lugo, the, the Ernest Borgnine's character? Rogo, wife?
1: Detective Rogos. Rogo. Uh,
0: so yeah, so he tells both of the skinny women to take off their, uh, dresses, but God forbid <laughs> Fatty Shelly Winters <laughs> takes off her dress and she makes it up the tree fine, even though we are treated to another, like, oh, I gotta touch your butt to lift you up, uh, sequence.
1: He, Ugh. he's a real sleazebag. His scene where he, uh... any interaction between he and the teen girl was weird, but that's not why, that's not why I hate him. That, you know, it's bad when I go, yeah, he was creepy with a teen girl, but that's not the bad part. (laughs) Um, The really bad part is the way this movie presents his God helps those who help themselves philosophy is that when something, when a disaster happens, he makes an instantaneous choice about what the correct plan of action is. And then he is so obsessed with the idea that he is correct that he will not take anyone else's information whatsoever. Midway through the movie, they meet another group of survivors with a guy, the doctor, who is the same way. He's like, "Uh, no, we need to go to the front of the boat. and Gene Hackman's like, we need to go to the back of the boat. And then Gene Hackman walks away and he's like, that idiot he thinks you gotta go to the front of the boat and he's got no reason to believe that. And I'm like, you motherfucker. That's how you've been acting this whole time. And the thing is, I think, and there are a few moments that may may put question to that, but I'm pretty sure the movie believes he is the coolest fucking human being that ever lived.
0: Oh, of course, of course. I feel like everyone in the movie who is not part of the crew has- And insane knowledge of how boats work. Like, it seems like everyone who actually works on the boat is always wrong. As you mentioned, the doctor, there was like some crew member who like urges them to stay in the ballroom, uh, which like gets a bunch of people dead. But apparently Gene Hackman knows that you have to get to the engine room and he knows how to get into the engine room. And he like knows all the things to do. And I'm like, why? How? This uh, is... It was just so confusing.
1: For anyone who doesn't know, this movie takes place uh, along a big ocean liner that is having a New Year's Eve celebration. I watched three New Year's Eve set movies uh, this week. It was really fun. Oh, wow. Uh, we are recording this in the first week of 2023. Uh, this was a complete coincidence. Well, I guess not. They probably released this movie purposefully 50 years yeah. ago. But anyway, <laughs> New Year's Eve, There is a tsunami. It causes a huge wave. Captain Leslie Nielsen tries to save the day. Leslie
0: Nielsen as the captain.
1: As the captain. Uh, This is a pre-airplane, still dramatic uh, Leslie Nielsen role. Um, Dies very early. Uh, He's our first recognizable actor to go, I, I believe. He dies in the initial wave, a giant wave, which... And anytime I describe something that sounds like a special effect, just know it looks awesome.
0: <laughs> like this
1: wave, even though even though I'm pretty sure what this wave is, is just a it they're them just filming a regular size wave, zooming in and slowing it down and putting like a uh binocular oh. things around it. yeah, it still looks fucking cool. every special effect looks fucking cool, mm. um flips the boat over. So then the people have to escape, the boat's upside down, they gotta get to the bottom of the boat, which is now the top of the boat. That's that's your Poseidon Adventure premise. Um but I yeah. gotta
0: say, does that actually happen? Can a boat just flip like that? I don't know. I mean so- Obviously not, not the biggest deal. And apparently it could happen, but it was just like such a silly premise in the beginning. I was like, really? This is a thing that could happen to a boat? I thought they were designed to not have that happen.
1: We never really discussed this. Have you, you, you were completely unaware of this uh, really media franchise at this point of the Poseidon adventure story?
0: No, I I mean, I was aware that they existed. I guess I wasn't aware of the premise of the boat the upside totally down boat. just like flipping upside down. I was aware of the 2006 movie, though I chose not to see
1: it. <laughs> I was aware of two things, uh, three things going into this. The boat goes upside down. I'd seen the remake, so I knew the basic idea. The boat goes upside down. I was aware of Shelley Winter's famous swimming scene, and mm-hmm. I was aware that Gene Hackman sacrifices himself at the end. Spoilers. He should have done it fucking sooner. Fuck Reverend <laughs> Frank Scott. Um, but, uh, but, <laughs> what was I going to say? Where was I going with this? Um, oh, so yeah, no. So he is told at the beginning, all the information he has, they're all, they were all in the ballroom at a New Year's Eve dinner. They're now on the ballroom ceiling and uh, red buttons. Um, the, uh, an adorable name. What?
0: An adorable name, Red Buttons. Red Buttons, the
1: actor who plays uh, a man with a much less cool name, James Martin, who is um, a guy uh, who has been, is a confirmed bachelor wearing frilly clothes, (laughs) but not gay. Not gay? Am I correct? Is he a widower? I mean,
0: I I don't know that he's allowed to be gay. I think he just loves working at a shop. He's
1: a workaholic. He's a haberdasher. Well, no, he tells uh, the the Rosens not to let their grandson become a haberdasher because he won't have time for love. I At one point, then when he's <laughs> talking to Nani about her dead brother, I couldn't tell, is he a widower who never remarried? Or is he never married for the first time? Or is he gay? I was watching it with my friend Adam. We could not figure this out.
0: In my head, I just assumed that he was gay, but they couldn't say that he's gay in 1972. So he's just a confirmed bachelor. <laughs>
1: I believe in the remake, the character who takes his form, who takes his place, is He's a gay form. widower played by. Would you say widower about a gay man?
0: Why not? It, like a widower widow is, is a gendered term.
1: Syndrome. Widow means a woman.
0: No, but you can say if a man loses his wife, you call him a widower. Why would you not call a man who loses his husband
1: a widower? Because there's no widow in the equation.
0: But there isn't one when a man loses a wife either. The wife is not a widow. The wife dies. The person who remains is the widower.
1: Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I In my mind, I think I had a, 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 a widower widows someone but that's not true that would be the dead person okay you're right you're right you're right (laughs) widower just means the male form of widow it does not imply the existence of a woman all right i was confused okay
0: (laughs) but yeah i think
1: in the the remake he's just a a gay widower um but in this one he's just vague but seems to want to fuck nani and who doesn't she's so fun and she sings the oscar-winning song there's gotta be a morning after.
0: Yeah, let's all uh, sing that song along. I I watched that movie an hour ago. I'm sure I can remember all the lyrics. Three, two, one.
1: There's uh, gotta be a morning after. We if we can get out of the boat, Frank the boat Scott's team's know which way down, to go. Fuck him! Fuck him! I think he diddled the teen girl. Okay. Uh, I'm too fat. <laughs> I love that that song is credited. They only gave it the title of The Morning After Later. Um, so, like when uh, we looked up the Oscar ceremony, so Sonny and Cher give out the nineteen seventy three Best uh, Original Song Oscar. Oh, very um
0: nice.
1: they just call it the morning after, but in the credits, it is just called the song from the Poseidon Adventure. Like it's a yeah. fucking Friends episode, <laughs> <laughs>
0: the one with the Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> um,
1: but yes, so the disaster happens, and all he knows is a little boy. Real obnoxious little boy. Real oh, little fuck. And uh, goes, <laughs> I think the steel is an inch thinner in the engine room than in the rest of the boat. Because I was hanging out with an engineer earlier. Weird. I was hanging out with an engineer earlier and I'm pretty sure that's what he told me. That is all the information Gene Hackman has to go from. And from mm. that moment, he's dead fucking set
0: that <laughs> the
1: only thing they can do is go to the back of the is to good is to do move mile mountains and whatever to get to the engine room and the thing is the movie's like yeah he's right he's right that's that's how you should act in disaster 100 percent
0: but it also makes no sense because at the end, the way that they get rescued is that they bang on the metal and they get hurt by the rescue crew who then use a fucking like fire drill thing to like take them out. It, that inch doesn't matter. I yeah. feel like that tool would have worked under for any, you know, uh, thickness metal at that point.
1: <laughs> I want so, to yeah. read you something.
0: Oh please! And this
1: is from the Wikipedia synopsis of the 1969 novel *The Poseidon Adventure*
0: by mm. Paul Gallico.
1: I want to apologize to our listeners. Normally, I would have taken the time to read the whole book before recording this episode, but I only read yes. the Wikipedia synopsis. So, um, da, 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 da. Bell Rosen has a heart attack. It, it a lot of it is fairly the same, although uh some parts are very different and i might read a few of those earlier but at the end the rescue team cuts through and the group climb climb out of the upturned hole manny rosen however refused to leave without bell's remains which are lifted out after the others have left it must have been very hard she's very fat
0: um <laughs> must have a bunch of ropes must have torn <laughs> it was like a whole thing
1: <laughs> once outside the survivors see another much larger group of survivors being removed from the bow of the ship.
0: (laughs) Most are
1: still in their dinner clothes in contrast to Scott's group who are mostly in underclothing and streaked with oil. So if I'm reading this correctly, (laughs) the book has the twist ending that they would have been better if they had just stayed in the place. Whereas (laughs) the movie, the 1972 film, and every other adaptation of the Poseidon Adventure has the thing where they're like, we should leave. And the other people are like, no, we should stay. And they leave, and instantly, everyone who stays is killed. In the (laughs) book, it appears that no, they should have just fucking stayed.
0: I think the book seems more fun. That's a Uh, better ending. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay you say the book seems more fun i'm gonna oh, read no. one <laughs> other thing um where is this where is this i'm doing uh i'm going to i'm gonna do a, a control f search for the word rape uh, oh, no. <laughs> to give you a little uh a trigger warning for what i'm about to read oh boy New York police detective Mike Rogo finds the Beamer, that's a character not in the not in the movie, uh, passed out intoxicated. That's, just, that's unrelated to the uh, sexual assault that I'm about to read. That's just funny that in the book, characters just go off and get drunk, and then that's how they die. <laughs> but Robin, the little boy, is nowhere to be found. While searching for her young brother, Susan is raped by a young, terrified crew member named <sighs> Herbert. Susan talks with Herbert who is remorseful and ashamed and grows to like him.
0: But, oh, no, 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 But no.
1: Herbert, realizing the consequences of his actions, panics and runs off and falls to his probable doom. Susan rejoins the group and tells them nothing of what has happened. Cool. Oh, Seems like a God. good scene. <laughs> what a bummer that's not in the movie.
0: Yuck. Wow. Apparently, also the character of the former sex worker is also more shrill and annoying in the in the book than she is.
1: In oh yeah, her 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 the description of her death sounds truly terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah. In that one, she just for no reason gets pissed off and runs away from people and then falls. Whereas in the movie, she just gets one of the which a disaster movie has to have. You can't just have deaths which are like righteous or punishments or sacrifices sometimes people just have to randomly die and Mm -hmm. she gets one of the random deaths um i'm gonna give you one other taste of a different version of how this story could go uh just a little bit of a description of the 2005 NBC tv miniseries version
0: oh starring adam baldwin steve gutenberg
1: rucker power
0: thomas howell (laughs)
1: yeah yeah. any any other names i recognize here um i'm sure these people are great but uh i don't uh, i apologize i don't really recognize them um <laughs> in this adaptation the plot differs from the original book and first feature film in that the ship capsized because of a terrorist act
0: of course i mean it's 2005 <laughs> like everything was a terrorist act and instead
1: of a nypd detective mike Roco is a sea marshal who works with homeland security and there are 24-esque scenes where he tortures terrorists for information
0: amazing was the terrorist a wave <laughs> is he torturing a wave
1: tell me why you did it <laughs> When's Go- the, where's the tsunami gonna strike next
0: don't ebb away from me. Tell me what I want to know.
1: Mike, Mike, let him go. You're going too far.
0: <laughs> he's gonna, he's foaming. He's foaming. All
1: right, we're 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 all over the place here. Let's.
0: I, I will say about the last thing I do want to say about the 2005 thing it, uh, is that it's kind of charming and, uh, thinking that still in the year 2005 they made these sort of made for tv movies that they expected people to watch it's kind of it's kind of wild that that was still the reality in 2005 because i thought that this was we kind of stopped doing that in the 90s but not not so
1: i am fascinated with Uh, part of me, a very morbid part of me that will not win over wants to watch it. Because reading the (laughs) Wikipedia synopsis, it sounds insane. They don't, uh, the boat does not like flip over till the end of the first episode.
0: Oh, wow. Well, I'm I'm sorry. No,
1: they don't leave, the scene where they leave the dining room, uh, the ballroom, that's the end of the first episode. So Mm. all the stuff with the group of survivors going through, uh, going through the boat that has been moved to the second half the first half is much more about terrorists <laughs> of course
0: <laughs> giving america what they want but really- I, I i guess to get back to the Poseidon adventure that we have watched it also at times felt to me like a movie of the week a little bit like it there was i mean obviously the production values of current disaster movies are vastly different than they what they were in the past but this kind of did feel like it had a pacing of like a columbo even though this is not a columbo at all but it kind of felt like it had kind of the same sort of semi languid pace it did not have the pace of a modern uh disaster movie
1: well it had i i want to talk about the disaster movie as a genre So, like, I think used you talk about, like, a TV thing, it it has that that element that disaster movies have that a Columbo or a love boat would have. And I'm not just talking about boats. Um, The, (laughs) like, you know, celebrity guest stars. The, I love the disaster genre. Yeah. We've got, uh, uh, the Poseidon of Adventure is one of the biggies, obviously, of the 70s wave produced by Irwin Allen, who also produced The Towering Inferno, which I watched a For some reason, when I was in, like, high school, my mom came home one day, and she's like, hey, I was, like, in the store, and they had this DVD double set of The Towering Inferno and Poseidon Adventure for $9, and I thought it'd be fun, so I bought them. Uh, (laughs) And I watched The Towering Inferno um, 20 years ago. I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't remember anything. But But you were like,
0: this is... This is enough. <laughs> I don't want to watch the other DVD.
1: I remember being like, I'll get to that. And I never did. I don't know why mm. I chose the Inferno over the uh, Adventure. Uh, I chose Fire over Water. I don't know why. Maybe that says something wow. about me, but that's what I chose. Um, that's, but I, that's
0: your airbender element, maybe. Yep.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, I I love this genre. I, like, Obviously, we are, are not actually whatever age we said earlier. Uh, we... <laughs> Uh, we came up in the '90s wave of disaster movies. Are your Independence Days, your Twisters, and so on? Um, when this, this kind of genre came back, but with CGI uh, mm-hmm. would be the big addition. And, and I cows.
0: love and flying cows Let's
1: and not flying forget. cows, uh, not CGI. That poor poor cow. Uh, <laughs> that was a real cow. And
0: we are not talking about chilly winter.
1: <laughs> Oh, that fat pig. <laughs> okay, we've joked about this enough. Maybe we should actually...
0: <laughs> no, the, these jokes are commentary about how terrible they treat that character in this movie. <laughs> and I'll keep making them.
1: Which character do you think is treated the worst?
0: Uh... Which, who
1: does the movie have, like... the well, She gets a heroic moment at the end where she reveals that for some reason she has saved a necklace that proves that she was a state champion high school swimming star. Do I don't know what that necklace is. <laughs> she's well, got... She... Oh, go ahead. So I was going to say, she's got two necklaces. Um, the Hebrew sign for life. Chai. And something that says she was good at swimming in high school. Uh, <laughs> is that, am I, Am I getting that correct?
0: Yeah, so I wasn't sure whether they were one and the same like whether like the high necklace was also the other necklace. Cause it would be crazy for her to have multiple necklaces (laughs) and like, okay. Oh, I'm, I'm getting ready for new year's Eve dinner. What should I, (laughs) what should I wear? Oh, honey, do you have my swimming championship? It's not even swimming. It was like, I held my breath underwater for two minutes. I think the necklace was for that. It It was was for most breath held underwater.
1: It's, it's, it's like so they have a thing where they're stuck and there's a compartment that's uh, filled with water, and she um she's like let me go, I have I'm I was a great swimmer in high school and I have this necklace that proves it, and I just don't understand why the script doesn't just have her go let me go I was a great swimmer in high school why does she need a prop to prove it because yeah. it's insane that she has a necklace. That says that, um, of course she does not get to go first because Gene, Gene Hackman's character, Reverend Frank Scott, one of his other attributes is he will not allow any other character to do anything heroic before he gets to, he has to be the hero in every fucking scene.
0: I will say, in that instance, it makes sense. Because she doesn't fucking know where the engine room is. You're right. She was like, she's offering to swim to a place that she's never been to. And apparently, he has already been there and knows where to go. So, that one makes sense. And it makes her sacrifice better, I feel like. I I like that scene. Though, I will say, I was so confused by her death. Because I don't think, like, the way Shelly Winters played it made sense. It was, like, very... I don't know. It was very stagey. It was like how a child would pretend to have a heart attack. It was like, uh, 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 and, (laughs) uh, I don't know. It was, it was weird.
1: Yeah. She has one of those special heart attacks where you have a heart attack and then you have a full conversation and then you have a death.
0: (laughs) Yes. Where you can also retrieve your second necklace.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Look, at that point, honestly, if I'm a, a grandpa from Willy Wonka, because that's uh, the actor, I friends <laughs> his name, he oh, plays yeah. her husband, um, Jack Albertson. Um, if I came up and Frank, Reverend Frank, the shittiest human being on, on earth, is like, yeah, she died while none of you were looking. My first thought is, you killed her. You fucking killed her, dude. You clearly are a murderer. You are so shitty. Like, you are right that that scene makes sense for him to not let her go. But that scene came right after the scene where he goes off by himself. He's like, they see another group going to One Direction, and he will not let them go with that group. And he's like, no, we're going this way. And Ernest Bergnine's like, all right, man, you get 15 minutes to see if that path through a fire hallway works. We'll wait. And so he goes, he comes back after the 15 minutes. Sorry Frank, you made the deal. If you're not back in 15 minutes, we don't go that way. You failed. But no, they still have to go. So he comes back, <laughs> makes a big show out of how he was right. And then they're like then they're like, "Oh, the little boy is missing. He's over there." And Frank's like, "Okay, I'll go get the little boy." "No, dude. You're the only way who know- only one who knows that- yeah. the way that path." You should be leading. Send literally anyone else to get the boy.
0: Well, he did send the sister, right? Because he went... He has, like, a weird relationship with the sister. And he sent her because she went with him to the hold.
1: No, no, he goes, so he goes off and she, because um, this movie thinks he's the coolest person in the world. So naturally this teenage girl is like, ooh boy, do I have the hots for that balding late forties reverend. Oh, so sexy. (laughs) Um, So she's got a crush on him and uh, he walks into a fire hallway and she's like, hey, little brother, I'm going to go follow that man into the fire hallway. Seems like fun. And she goes to him. He hugs her for too long. Um, (laughs) And then she comes out later being like, he hasn't come back. And then uh, everyone thinks he's dead, but then he comes back and he acts like a dick because that's literally... Guys, I really like Gene Hackman as an actor. I just... Okay, here's here's my... Does the movie (laughs) think he's awesome? Yes. Is this just like an example of what in 1972... A cool guy acts like,
0: because there oh, are also course.
1: there are a couple scenes that could be interpreted as showing that he's not perfect. One is when he's telling everyone to leave the the um, ballroom, and the other priest, the Catholic priest, says, "Yeah, he had given a sermon about like if you don't, you know the." God likes people to try for themselves, but he does like the prosperity gospel thing of like, make yourself successful, do it yourself, yada, yada, yada. Uh, the priest mm-hmm. says something like, your sermon only works for the strong. Yeah. Which is a good criticism because never in his sermon is he like, also help people. Uh, He's full on like, God wants you to be the best and do your fucking thing. He never says help people. So that thing with the priest could be, like, maybe Frank's not perfect, but that conversation is also weird because, like, the priest is like, we're all, yeah, we're all going to die. And he's sitting next to a woman, and I wanted that woman to be like, what? What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> so I, I read, like, a little tidbit about that woman, and apparently in a previous scene, Gene Hackman thinks she's dead, and he covers her with his jacket. And like in the next time we see her, she's the one that the other priest is bandaging up, which is kind of funny.
1: <laughs> Wait, hold up. Where'd you read that?
0: It was a uh, an IMDb trivia. Like,
1: is that supposed to be a con? Is that a the continuity? I error? think it's
0: a continuity error, but it's kind of funny.
1: But I mean, I mean that could also be a way of the movie showing us that Frank's kind of an idiot.
0: <laughs> I mean, maybe yeah. But and- I mean, it does work with your thesis too. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, like, but then we see the the other group with the doctor, who and the doctor is literally acting exactly like Frank, and Frank mm-hmm. is like those idiots, and I'm like, I'm like, is the movie trying to point out how shitty Frank is being? But then, of course, at the end, he gets his heroic sacrifice moment, and Ernest Bergnine's like last line of dialogue is like, that crazy son of a bitch was right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't think this movie is deep enough to actually investigate toxic masculinity. <laughs> I mean, so I don't, I don't think that's what it is. And to answer your uh, original question of who the movie hates most, I think the answer is women <laughs> in general, because <laughs> like all the women are fucking shrill, panicking, weak like, can decide for themselves, idiots. And they need to be shepherded by strong men such as Gene Hackman or Ernest Bergnine or even a child. Like, it's, I don't know, it's very, it's very silly. I think, yes, Shelley Winters gets her moment and then she dies because if a woman ever exerts herself, <laughs> that's all that she can do.
1: So that Gene Hackman also, can she- be like, God, not this woman!
0: Yeah, but uh, also like she's treated woman. like an she's treated like an old like hag and she's only like 2 or 3 years older than Ernest Berknight. It's like okay. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, I know th- this is of that time. That's how it was. Like if you're a woman in your 50s, you might as well be dead, but I don't know. It's just anytime that happens.
1: Shelley Winters so is funny. only fifty two years old, but I be- yeah. I think she is playing older. I think the idea. Well, is they, yeah, because that's a when... younger woman, so she could do the stunt.
0: No, I think they cast a younger woman because they couldn't possibly cast a woman of that age.
1: And it's possible. <laughs> okay, so how old was Jack Albertson? Because they're supposed to have been married for years. So okay, yeah, he's thirteen years older than her. Um. But yeah, I think, I do think she's playing older. Uh, not to, <laughs> I, look, obviously the movie has <laughs> some issues with women, but I I think it's much more likely they're like an actual uh, woman in her late 60s. Let's not have her do an underwater stunt for a ton of time. Because again, this is the late 60s in the early 70s. Uh, everyone there smokes Eight thousand cigarettes a day and fucks on a pile of asbestos. So, uh, <laughs>
0: well, also uh, apparently Shelly Winters had to gain the weight, so uh, for this role, which is so unnecessary. Like, who cares? Like, apparently her biggest trait in the thing is that she let herself go after retirement. It's like, come on, she's barely overweight. Well, that's,
1: the weird thing is, so she does have this heroic moment where she saves Reverend Frank. Uh, the movie thinks that's heroic. I think that is a shame. Let the man <laughs> Let him drown because of his own stupidity. Fuck Reverend Frank. Um, but she has that heroic moment. But the way the movie sets up the heroic moment is it has to knock her down over and over again before yeah. that point so that it's uh, inspiring and surprising when she proves to be so capable. And the ways it does it is twofold. One is that she basically talks about how they're doomed for the entire movie. Oh, Manny, I love you. It's the last time we're ever gonna see each other. She's just given up from moment one. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Oh. Uh, And then two... Um uh we are constantly reminded by every character that she is so fat. And the whole movie I'm sitting there and I'm like I don't know dude, she looks a lot like Ernest Borgnine and this movie wants us to believe that he is the most physically capable man. I mean, he looks like a strong guy, but he's not built yeah, he, he, why? Why? This is my question to you. Anytime they have to do something physically daring, their thought is not, "Hey, Let's ask the one of the two physically fit women in their twenties.
0: <laughs> well, they couldn't possibly. They would be too flustered. They wouldn't know where to go. I mean, which way is up? Which way is down? Aft? Stern? What?
1: It's true. I mean, it's confusing. Nani's for too busy female panicking brain. and Linda would probably be like, oh, it's one of my customers for my days as a prostitute. <laughs> My loose oh, morals have gotten caught on this on this beam, and now I'm dying.
0: Oh God, that whole scene where like we see her climb up that tree and like her panties are so prominent—it's like, all right, uh, I I know what you were doing there, filmmaker.
1: <laughs> Is it technically an upskirt shot if she's not wearing a skirt, just a very long man's shirt?
0: Yeah, it's up man shirt shot. <laughs> Uh yeah.
1: Uh, ugh. Here's a fun but Yeah, th- otherwise. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a fun thing from Wikipedia. Uh someone who is original uh, an actor who was originally cast as James Martin, the Red Buttons character, but dropped out. Gene mm-hmm. Wilder.
0: Uh, yes. That would have been I wonder if that role would have been funnier or something or anything, really, cuz once once they got of- go through with you know the escape plan he barely has anything oh he has to convince the other woman who says that she cannot swim to hold on to him yeah which isn't which is there's another a rope thing. you don't have to swim. yeah there's a rope you don't need to do anything
1: and then when they come up he's like holding her mouth it's real i'm like what how does that help i guess the thought is that she she's so stupid that she just starts <laughs> swallowing water while they swim <laughs>
0: Is this how swimming works?
1: Look, her brother died, and presumably the rest of the band, but she is does not care about the band, only her brother. I want to know about that relationship. She has been traveling the country with her hippie band, singing the morning after. <sighs> presumably, there's like six members of the band. She only gives a shit about one. It's her brother. Makes sense she'd yeah. care about him most. But we never see the other band members after the collapse.
0: Maybe it's like kind of a cruise thing situation because I know currently on cruises, you just get hired as a musician. Maybe she didn't know anyone else.
1: That's what I mean. Well, the thing is, Roddy McDowell, Mr. Akers, I don't know that we've mentioned him yet. He has a line introducing the band where he says, We picked them up in Gibraltar and Mm. they are getting a free ride for free music. Ooh, free
0: ride for free music. Also, yeah, that guy—they were accent... standing at the
1: pier holding a sign that said uh, Ask, Ass, Gas or Grass."
0: <laughs> also, that—that uh, that was like the guy who starts off with like a Liverpudlian accent and then becomes Irish and then <laughs> becomes American.
1: Hey, he was—he had an injured leg and he was uh, leaking out accents <laughs>
0: through his injury. <laughs> Uh, who who is
1: your favorite? I I I think I've I've <laughs> taken in a very Frank Scott way. Is it Frank Scott, Reverend Frank Scott? In a very Frank Scott way, I've uh, bullishly taken over this podcast to talk about how much I hate Frank Scott. So let me <laughs> uh, uh, relieve some, some of the negativity, uh, uh, Veronica. Who's the character you liked?
0: I mean, I guess I like the Shelley Winters character. She's the only one who kind of wasn't doing anything except for Frank Scott. So I guess it would have to be her. The kid was annoying. I mean, yeah, I don't know. None of the characters were like that interesting, which I think is kind of the sad part. Mm -hmm. I think they're all kind of stereotypes of old. And I don't know. They weren't like super engaging as characters, I guess.
1: Well, I think, I mean, they're archetypes uh yeah. more than stereo what stereo- well, well it's a thin line, like. but like the disaster genre, because they've always got to introduce so many characters in so little time, they are always archetypes or frequently cultural or racial stereotypes what What's your favorite disaster movie Hmm. uh
0: that's a good question. I don't know is Titanic a disaster movie Then Titanic?
1: i think that's fair no i think i think it absolutely is
0: yeah i mean titanic is you know yeah it's one of my favorite movies to at all uh so yeah probably i don't know what is yours
1: um yeah i didn't think of titanic i mean that's obviously a uh, a good one um I just clicked uh, uh, Best Disaster Movies on Google, and one of the options that comes up is Melancholia, which, wow. I mean, fair, technically true, uh, but <laughs> that would be very funny if I'm like, my favorite disaster movies are The Towering Inferno and Melancholia.
0: I do a double
1: bill of that. Um, no,
0: that I that's think something you say for your Bumble profile.
1: <laughs> I spend so much time... On my dating app profiles, talking about my favorite, um, uh, oh God, what the fuck's his name? Uh, uh, the, uh the, Lars von Trier movies. Lars von um, Trier. <laughs> yeah. I'm always like, hey, Hinge Dates, wasn't it wild when he, uh, talked about Nazis at Sunday, at Cannes or whatever? Um, no, I think, I think my favorite is, he has gotta be Independence Day.
0: Yeah, that was the other one I thought of. Um. Yeah, if alien movies are allowed, yeah, Independence Day. I like Armageddon. Armageddon, I think, is a disaster movie. Uh, and I remember enjoying that quite a bit.
1: To me, I'd, I think the, for the quote-unquote disaster genre, I think the elements that have to be in place are a large and varied cast and a big event that they're dealing with. I think that could be anything from one building catching on fire, the towering Inferno to contagion, uh, a, a pandemic to an alien invasion. I think those own, all count as long as we are particularly at the beginning of the movie, jumping back and forth between the experiences of various characters. And then maybe eventually they coalesce into a small group of survivors. I, mm-hmm. I think, I think you can do aliens and, or you could do, um, uh, you know, a, a meteor shower or whatever.
0: All right, good. Yeah, I'm looking through the list on Vulture. Are you on
1: Vulture? I'm just on Google looking at things. Like, I the thing is, like, a lot of the... Very few of these movies am I like, yeah, that's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I, like... For sure. I enjoy the genre a lot. That being said, I did watch Twister for the first time in uh nearly 30 years last year i watched it with my friend natalie and we're like oh we've never we haven't watched this in years and i remember like halfway through we're like oh this this is real dumb
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah titanic is the number one choice of vulture so you know yeah i don't think you can beat titanic at that, I don't think you can beat James Cameron. If James Cameron made a movie in your category, it's probably the best movie in that category. <laughs> it's my hot take.
1: Uh, look to our last, look to our last episode to see how much Veronica loved Avatar. 2. He made the best uh, Avatar
0: right. movie. <laughs> I will stand. That is by fair. That.
1: Avatar Two, I think, definitively the best Avatar movie
0: good good we're in
1: agreement um i'm looking at this i saw uh my parents when i was home for the holidays were watching half of everest um which is uh uh i i i'm a little less uh, uh i'm a little le- i enjoy a little bit less when they're based on true stories obviously titanic is but once you're a hundred years away it's no longer true in an, in an abstract way you know True.
0: Oh, John, we forgot the best disaster movie of all time. Uh, Earlier this year, we witnessed the treasure that is Moonfall.
1: (laughs) So I was going to bring that up. We are almost definitely headed for... We've been in, and we are going to now definitely continue to be in a fallow period for disaster movies. Because Moonfall was the first, like, Roland Emmerich-style disaster movie in years... Well, it was and his movie. He he was he, he made <laughs> well, he made it. Yeah, but that you know director of uh, in Independence Bin, Day, ninety eight Godzilla. Uh, did he make twenty twelve? He think, made. He, I think he definitely yeah. made the day after tomorrow. Right.
0: Yeah, and he made twenty twelve.
1: Yeah, um, I love twenty twelve. But yeah, Moonfall. In addition to being very stupid, but fun, we had a good time. So fun. Uh, lost so much fucking money. <laughs> It was such a massive financial failure. <laughs> I do not think we're going to get another one. That being said, a very successful movie of the year prior, Don't Look Up.
0: There you go. I guess that's a disaster movie. But that it only, counts. Uh, I don't know. I feel like that barely counts as a movie.
1: Does it <laughs> count if the disaster only happens in the last 30 seconds? uh well we've we've listed melancholia so
0: yeah i guess i've never seen melancholia uh so i don't know but uh
1: spoilers for the end of melancholia
0: well i guess it doesn't as long as it's sort of like society is in disarray like in anticipation uh of the you know the event i think Mm. it still counts because okay. I think you kind of want to see how humans deal with an abnormal event.
1: Yeah, it's reacting a group of di- varied people reacting to one event is interesting. Um no. as we've learned uh, during the past few years, it's less interesting and more infuriating when you have to watch it in real life over the course yeah. of <laughs> Yeah, I think multiple it's actually terrible years.
0: It's kind of sad uh that there isn't a resurgence of disaster movies right now when we there's so much to comment on in our current society that could be done by a disaster movie i feel like the day after tomorrow almost came out too soon because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was so
1: scientifically accurate in its depiction of well, uh, climate change no-
0: well, I mean, I don't think that's a criterion for disaster movies. They're never super scientifically accurate. That's fine. But I think But the think day after that- tomorrow
1: is. I spend every day running from killer wind. <laughs> killer the, killer the, ice wind.
0: But the message is there. The yes. sort of, you know, climate change is here to get us. And I feel like then, back then, even though, you know, we had the PowerPoints, Al Gore was telling us what's up. We still, it wasn't (laughs) as prescient or not prescient. It wasn't as like prevalent in the discourse as it is now. I feel like global warming is, I mean, more accepted as fact, which is nice, but it's also more discussed, I think. Uh, So, you know. It would be nice to have some more of those, uh, but yeah, Roland Emmerich went and ruined it for everyone.
1: I love. Well, I love,
0: actually, that's not true. The movie-going audience ruined it for everyone by not supporting the, you know, the treasure that is
1: Moonfall. <laughs> I I love saying uh, that it's uh, more accepted as fact. It's like being like this. Uh, you know, we're now at forty percent. People agree that the sky is blue. Um, yeah,
0: i mean but- listen i'll take what i can get yeah uh over the weekend or right before the weekend we had uh a house of representatives that couldn't elect a crazy person to be their leader because they wanted unclear what but also a different crazy person to be their leader so uh i don't know things are, are I'll take, going great yeah things are going great for america and the world Stay tuned.
1: But I think I think Roland Emmerich kind of helped kill his own genre in that I was so again I watched this uh, uh, with uh, with my friend Adam and we he was pointing out like he preferred uh, movies scenes like the a, a sudden adventure than something like Moonfall because he could relate. Um, he survived about uh, disaster. No, he could relate <laughs> like the idea of being in a sinking boat is relatable like you can sense that happening and i think because the spectacle took over and with cgi you could make anything the disasters mm-hmm. just got sillier and sillier and i wonder if you know i i don't think either of us were massive fans of don't look up i think i liked it more than most people because most people um wanted to light it on fire but uh but i wonder if that is the way to go like you said um uh that having disaster movies that actually have like more like commentary and like satire and like maybe like the disaster genre can go the way of recent horror movies where Mm -hmm. there are a lot of horror movies that are smaller and that like have something to say and that's what's really bringing in audiences
0: yeah yeah maybe i hope so I do hope they give Roland Emmerich more money to make movies. I enjoy most of his movies. They're really fun and outlandish, and it's great.
1: Well, how about this? Um, uh, to, to to wrap up this episode, let's come up with a disaster movie pitch. Let's come mm-hmm. up with a disaster, and who would we cast as our varied cast in a new disaster movie? Would you Would you like to come up with a new disaster or do a new Poseidon adventure remake?
0: Uh let's come up with a new disaster. I feel like they already remade the Poseidon adventure. So so are we going for a commentary disaster or are we going for any old disaster?
1: Let's go for fun right now. Uh let's go for Ooh, silly fun. I have
0: an idea. What if it's like an Elon Musk type tycoon who mm. has like an idea for like the equivalent of the new Zeppelin? and 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 so basically it's like that zeppelin something about it has malfunctioned and it's like heading towards i don't know new york city or washington dc or something it's not the hindenburg where it just bursts so it's just just
1: one normal tesla car is on (laughs) a typical tesla car death mission um it's a self-driving car uh, uh yeah, yeah maybe that... it's like the <laughs> it's <cybershop. a> hyperloop
0: <laughs> elon no, musk just... is
1: introducing the hyperloop oh my god a disaster movie set in the hyperloop
0: i think i think we should still like do something with like the commentary part is gonna be the sort of the the tech tycoon who thinks that they know better than anyone else in society and See, so that is... would be like the hubris part and then, like, we will have, like, normal people. Oh, maybe the disaster is is that, like, there's actually some sort of, like, hackers who take over all the cars. So they take over all the Teslas. Inside the Hyperloop, maybe. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and so the heroes are the normal people inside these cars. And maybe some of them are like, oh, I just, like, borrowed this car from my rich uncle. I don't even, like, know. So they're, like, some, you know... You, uh,
1: thank you you corrected the one problem I had with this premise is your use of the, t- the phrase normal people because um, <laughs> as we've seen online in recent weeks they've been announcing more details about the cyber truck uh the ugliest <laughs> vehicle that's ever been ex- created uh costs uh I, feel, I think a hundred thousand dollars um yeah. although you do get a free subscription to Twitter blue um and oh I believe God. it does not have so airbags. Worth it and also
0: apparently the glass shatters right because he was like showing off how the
1: unshatterable glass (laughs) shatters but but as we've seen as they've made announcements no quote-unquote normal person is excited for this truck so we would have to find a reason for likable people to be involved in this disaster
0: yeah so i think it would have to be like so some rich person's assistant, for example, that could be one car. Well, we have to have like the Silicon Valley assholes, so there has to be one like person who's in like some Patagonia vest and whatever, and so there would be like that guy. And I don't know. Ooh, maybe eventually somehow they manage to pool their cars into one big car, and then it becomes like a Megatron kind of thing.
1: Okay. I'm loving this video, by the way. Yeah, okay. So the premise is it's not actually uh, uh, the Hyperloop because the Hyperloop is so fucking stupid that it wouldn't even work as a movie location because it's so thin and boring and ugly. So it's a slightly bigger thing. It is a stupid car conveyor belt that uh, shitty Elon Musk has created um and he will be played by Edward Norton playing his character from Knives Out. Yeah. <laughs> um we it this is a spin-off of the Knives Out universe. Um and so all of our char- our characters uh so half the people are shitty uh, uh crypto bro idiots who mm-hmm. love love the Elon Musk type and they want to use it. Then also there are some normal cars that are also in the tunnel. Then yeah. As happens with normal Teslas, they all malfunction and they all crash at once. So all of our actors playing Crypto Bros die instantly. Except for a couple, because you need the shitty person in the group to be there. So a, a group of survivors then have to get from uh, from the middle of the tunnel to one of the exits. And I think we have a group of Survivor A and a group of Survivor B. And they go in opposite directions and we cut back and forth between them.
0: Yes. And I think the important thing about this movie is that throughout, it'll point out how shitty the construction of this non-hyperloop yeah. hyperloop is. Everything breaks. Nothing makes sense. Nothing malfunctions. Or everything malfunctions. Um,
1: but one yeah. of the Crypto bro-, bro characters is still like, no, no, this is brilliant. <laughs> this yeah. is great. This is a, this is a weird hitch.
0: Yeah, no, he's playing 4D chess. He intended for this to be this shitty. This is just to show us how shitty infrastructure is right now because he is secretly improving it with his second project that hasn't been released yet.
1: Yeah, and we frequently, we cut between the two survivor groups, but we also cut to the Elon Musk type doing damage control outside. And he's interrupted from owning the libs on Twitter uh, to have to deal with this disaster and doesn't want to and spends all of his scenes trying to figure out who else to blame and in the end Mm -hmm. decides to just start focusing on his next thing instead of dealing with this. So that's Edward Norton. Now let's cast our survivor group. Who is our shitty... uh, 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 Elon Musk Tesla bro
0: Ooh a shitty Elon Musk I say Tesla. bro
1: it could be a woman haha ha, just kidding this character's definitely a man
0: I mean I wanted it to be army hammer but i think mm. he's canceled
1: Yeah and also <laughs> Or like know,
0: Justin Timberlake could probably pull it off Even a lot as, of the people even as the a social cannibal network. B-
1: Both both are too handsome for that role
0: Ah all right, so you want someone uglier.
1: Uh, well, I don't know. Go on Twitter right now. Look up Tesla. Look up images of the people. Oh, no, none of them use their actual pictures because we can assume what they look like. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Shia LaBeouf. He's also oh, canceled. Why am yeah, I coming up with just canceled? Shia LaBeouf,
1: a younger Shia LaBeouf would be perfect. I think this character should be late 20s, early 30s. I guess Shia LaBeouf's mid-30s. So I think mm-hmm. that, okay, that's a, that's possible. That's a good idea.
0: Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much. All right. W- who are the trending celebs? He
1: works. He works. Actors and-
0: I am more excited about this than by anything that was in uh, the uh, Poseidon adventure, though. Which I suppose Okay, to-
1: I think it's Shia LaBeouf and then also it's two of them. And I he's played characters like this before, so this is kind of lazy. But I think Daniel Radcliffe. Ooh. They're yeah, the two he Tesla he bros. plays an
0: asshole. He can play an asshole pretty well. But I think we also need to have like they have to have a girlfriend that's kinda there for the money, but she realizes that it's not worth it. Uh, I so think they're they also rich like a... yeah because that this is gonna be in the middle of like the bubble maybe maybe this is like while well, crypto bubble was still a thing
1: they're hodling uh yeah. okay cool okay who who's playing their girlfriend uh uh
0: what's her name uh uh the woman from under the silver lake
1: oh uh, uh riley Keo?
0: yeah I think she would be good.
1: Perfect, love it. Okay, great. <laughs> um, okay, so what? So we've cast the characters we know. Who else is in this group? What are the types of twenty twenty three Happy New Year that would be in a twenty twenty three disaster movie? Uh,
0: well, so we would have to have like someone who's going. For- to their, like, second or third job from, like, their minimum wage. Because around San Francisco, there are all these people who are doing minimal wage work who have to have, like, three jobs. So there there would have to be maybe, like, a woman who might have a child. She might have a child. And she is like, uh, she couldn't find a babysitter. So she's taking her son to her second shift at like wherever. And she's stuck there.
1: I think, okay, we have that. And I think also, I I like the idea of a, a, so mother and child. Also, I think there's a character who can't get to work because the actual public transit has been shut down due to the foo for the grand opening of this dumb bullshit tunnel.
0: Oh yeah, that's fun. Yeah, I like that. Just like how uh,
1: California does not have speed rail that we should because it was canceled <laughs> for the development of the Hyperloop, which does not exist. So uh, so who is, um, so I think an older mother and then also a a woman in her 20s who just can't get to work. Who, who, uh, who played these Zoe
0: characters? Zoe Kravitz. I'm just casting women from Mad Max, but I think Zoe Kravitz, she's hot. She's in everything. She would do well. Okay. Uh, And and the older woman? Uh let's see. Maybe uh how old how old are we thinking?
1: Um how well how old's the kid, I guess would be the question.
0: Uh yeah, I guess maybe the kid, like you know, is twelve or something like that. Okay. Uh so let's see maybe the woman is uh yeah i don't know
1: you know i don't know if about i uh, know enough uh, uh, child actors uh, but um to spoil the move one of the movies i've seen recently the child actor from megan is very good so let's make it a young daughter
0: a young daughter great all right so a young daughter and then uh, you know
1: what to 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 keep like some more gender parity let's make it a single father
0: but so far we only have one woman
1: well then we're we're gonna no no we're gonna add more we have the little girl and then i I, okay that's fine we'll do it we'll make it a single mother uh let's do greta gerwig (laughs) okay i want to see greta gerwig in a disaster movie also she directed this by the way (laughs) this is directed by greta gerwig (laughs)
0: Uh, the, I love this so she much. She co-wrote that's the great. script
1: with Noah Bobbuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so oh,
0: we we also gotta have Zendaya in there somewhere. So let's.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> maybe we she have does the
0: Zoe Kravitz role.
1: A young maybe. lesbian couple, played by Zendaya and Haley Lou Richardson.
0: Okay, great, love it.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, they're
0: uh, they're influencers, so that's their thing. Ooh. So they are there because they got paid to pretend to love the Tesla I love that. I Elon love that.
1: Musk. Okay, now here is an engineer who helped oh, design yeah. it and got all of his things questioned. There's two engineers uh, who helped, uh, three, we'll make it three. They helped design it, but Elon Musk uh, uh, didn't take any of their uh, ide- like precautions or warnings and then fired them all. And this team is played by Colin Farrell, Dev Patel, and uh, (laughs) Darcy Darcy Corden.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Love it. Great. Love it. (laughs) Yeah. And like one of them until the end is going to like worship the musk, but the others are going to like, one of them is already like hating the creation and the the third one is going to come around to hating it.
1: Oh my God. Can I... Can I, I, I have an idea to replace Shia LaBeouf. Okay. To get rid of the canceled Shia LaBeouf, yeah. Zach Cherry.
0: <laughs> I would love more work for Zach Cherry. Of course I will allow this.
1: Okay, so... Though Zach he is Cherry. a nice
0: person. He's not like this in real life. We're not suggesting it because of how he is.
1: No, I, he would just be funny in this role.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, I think we have quite a great cast.
1: We need some older people, and then I'm gonna make a celebrity cameo. As you can tell, I'm going through Letterboxd of movies I've watched in the past few months. <laughs> I want the Heim sisters to play themselves.
0: <laughs> oh, they can do the theme song. We can uh, resurrect the, you know, the movie soundtrack.
1: Yeah, the song from Hyperloop is what the song's called.
0: The song, <laughs> and then it will be, it will be uh, retitled as I'll meet you round the bend
1: or something Ooh. like that and then you know what okay so this is taking where is this taking place by the way
0: oh I think around California somewhere okay right? somewhere let's in go desert.
1: in this in this universe um uh uh the a Rick Caruso type won the mayor like election so we have a shitty billionaire mayor as well who plays mm. the mayor
0: uh Kyle McLaughlin.
1: Is he is he just doing his mayor of Portland character from Portlandia?
0: Uh, no, he's being a real dick. But I think he can pull it off. I feel like he has. Uh, or uh, Tom Hollander, most recently of uh, White Lotus, I think would be good. Like the short British dude. Oh, I think he actually plays fun. a dick really well. L A has
1: a British uh, mayor.
0: Maybe he can do an American accent. But maybe yeah, man, why not? But he, like, never refuses to acknowledge it. (laughs) All right. Who are our
1: I I think this is fun.
0: Is Harrison Ford in it? Can we put Harrison Ford in it? That would be his last role. Let the man rest. (laughs) What if it's his last role? And he retires after.
1: Okay. Harrison Ford. And then how about this? (laughs) I know... She's not old enough, but, uh, it's a, what lies beneath reunion and Michelle Pfeiffer plays.
0: <gasps> Ooh, that's fun. I like, she should be in more movies. We can do actually Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer to have, to have it be an Ant-Man <laughs>
1: <laughs> A reunion from a series they're currently filming.
0: <laughs> well, I would just rather see them in a thing that I would watch as opposed to Ant-Man, which I would only watch if you force okay. me Okay.
1: <laughs> Wait, who did we say was the single mother?
0: Uh, single mother was, Do we say?
1: Maybe we didn't.
0: Maybe we forgot about the single mother. Many people- Oh, Zoe Kravitz. Oh, yeah, Zoe Kravitz. Oh, or was
1: she the 20-something employee who just wants to go to work?
0: I thought that was her.
1: Okay. Uh, Then the single uh, mother is-
0: Catherine Hahn? she's always good.
1: Catherine Hahn. uh,
0: like how older?
1: Well, here's a question: we, we could make it that the old couple is the grandparents.
0: Oh, uh, okay, yeah, that's fine. But then we don't have. What about Jesse pa- Buckley? <gasps> I love her and everything. Yes.
1: Wait, I want Jesse Plemons in this movie yes i'm looking okay. at i'm thinking of ending things <laughs> I'm, that's <what> I'm, looking <laughs> at. I'm still going back through movies i've watched in the past two years
0: well oh maybe jesse i think we need a guy who knows something about cars like he's like the guy who's the gearhead has, yeah so he can be like the gearhead he's like there's no computers in my car at all I like I love like the old machinery. Yeah, so Jesse like,
1: Plemons is playing like an old school like Jay Leno esque. <laughs> yeah, to, like,
0: but he's not a fan, Jay Leno. Not, not like,
1: like not a rich talk show host, but like a fan of old cars. Like you picture like like uh, 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 Jesse Plemons like covered in grease.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, no, old... I, I'm I'm saying he's like a down home guy. He's like, he's not rich or anything, but like the money that he has, he puts into his cars and he like, he's a purist. He only likes cars that don't have computers in them and iPads and have windows that don't break.
1: Okay. Uh, Right now, list everyone we've named because I have our final question. Uh,
0: Okay. So we have uh, Zach Cherry, Daniel Riley Radcliffe. Keo, Daniel Radcliffe, uh, Zoe Zaldana. Riley Keo, yeah, yeah. Oh, not Zoe um, uh Zoe Kravitz. Uh, we have Zendaya and who is her partner?
1: Wait, was Zoe Kravitz the single mother?
0: Uh, no, Zoe Kravitz is the one who just wants to get to work. Oh, Jessie and Buckley have- is
1: the single mother and her daughter is the girl from Megan. Yeah. Uh, 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 the, the lesbian influencers- couple is-, is the, the pair of influencers, lesbian influencers are <laughs> Zendaya and Haley Lou Richardson.
0: Uh, yes. Uh, we have uh, the gearhead, which is Jesse Plemons. We have the grandparents, which are Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, and we have uh, the the inventors of the... Uh, oh, we have Elon Musk. So yeah. that's he's Edward not Jordan. in the
1: disaster. Yeah, he's um, not in the... Um, and the we have the are, engineers. And the engineers are uh, uh, Colin Farrell, Dev Patel, and who is the third? Uh, Wait, no! Greta Gerwig was the single mother.
0: Oh, Greta Gerwig was okay. Greta Sorry, Gerwig Jesse is
1: Buckley. Single mother. Um, uh, who was? Well, the...
0: Je- Jesse Buckley could help uh, Jesse Plemons with the cars. Uh, oh, uh, Darcy Carden is the Darcy Carden, Okay,
1: so that's that's the cast. You got them all in your head? Yes. Because bad news, Veronica. Only four survive. <gasps> who are the four survivors at the end of this disaster movie?
0: Uh, one of the influencers has to survive because she has to change okay. her way
1: Zendaya um, or Haley Lou Richardson
0: I mean I don't know
1: Portia or Portia. the character from Euphoria I've watched two seasons of that show I cannot remember the main character's I've, name
0: I've only seen the White Lotus so and uh, the girls so I like which I HBO mean,
1: I, actress is surviving
0: uh, I don't know I guess I feel like Haley Lou Richardson would be more like the persuadable one. And maybe Zendaya would be like the incorrigible one. So maybe like Haley Lou Richardson survives. Here's a pitch.
1: Zendaya is an incredibly busy actress. Maybe she is a surprise early kill.
0: Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Okay. So we have her. Jesse Plemons survives.
1: The gearhead. Okay.
0: Uh, And... Only I think, 40. sadly,
1: all the engineers have to die.
0: Yeah, I think they have to be sacrificed. To
1: to pay penance for agreeing to work with Elon Musk. Um, uh, I think they uh, all have a heroic sacrifice moment. That's who gets the heroic sacrifice. Uh, but yeah. I think they all have to die.
0: One of the old couples has to live. Oh, one only of Only one. But sad. Do they have who, to have who, a Who is sad... it?
1: Michelle Pfeiffer? Did we go with Harrison Ford or Michael Douglas? Uh.
0: I prefer Harrison Ford, but I guess...
1: Okay, let's say Harris, Harrison Ford. who I which, say
0: Michelle Pfeiffer survives.
1: Okay, so right now the survivors are Michelle Pfeiffer, Jesse Plemons, and Haley Lou Richardson. And, and I o- guess
0: Greta Gerwig. Oh no, uh, the kid survives, I guess. Or are we counting the kid?
1: Um, Yeah, I guess. You have killed all the uh, actors of color.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. Alright, well we'll rethink things.
1: <laughs> Zoe Kravitz?
0: Yeah, no, Zoe Kravitz survives. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I want like Yeah, Zoe Kravitz survives. Alright, I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna help you out. I am going to boost it up to six. Also the child doesn't count.
0: Okay. The child doesn't count. Okay, so all the people I mentioned.
1: So we've got uh Harrison Ford. Oh no, Michelle Pfeiffer, um uh, Haley Lou Richardson. Joey Kravitz. Jesse Plemons. And Greta Gerwig. And the kid.
0: And then... I mean, we just need more ca- actors of color. <laughs> That's the problem. I mean, we... Can, well, Zach you know what? Zach okay. So Dev
1: Patel survives.
0: Yeah. And Zach Cherry
1: survives. Wow. So, so one of the Crypto Bros survives.
0: Yeah, but he, like, he will be the one who still believes. It will be, like, the comedic reveal at the end that he still, like, is checking his crypto account or uh, checking on his Tesla stock.
1: No, I I think he has a change of heart inspired by falling in love with Greta Gerwig. Aww. (laughs) Oh, you know what? No, she dies. Sorry, she dies. He's gonna raise the little girl.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, and now and that they're... her parent
1: now that her parents are dead, he's gonna get her a gift A Megan doll. Bum Ooh. bum bum synergy Alright and what what's this movie amazing. called, Veronica?
0: Uh Hyperloop. <laughs> Hyperloop
1: <laughs> that there will be no legal problems with that. Uh Hyperloop, come into theaters in two weeks. We're gonna film this real fast. Get ready yes. for that. But I think yeah, okay. it's time for us to grade the Poseidon Adventure.
0: Uh, all right, let's do it. Three, two, one. C. Plus. B
1: minus. All right.
0: Yep. Checks out.
1: All right, Veronica. What else have you watched recently?
0: Oh boy, John. I actually have watched a ton of stuff, mm-hmm. and most of it was good, which is pretty surprising. Let me get to my diary so I can tell you all about it. Well, first, I watched Knives Out, A Glass Onion Mystery, (laughs) or the other one. (laughs) Which I, I really loved. I thought it was an improvement on the first one, which I enjoyed, but had issues with the mystery there. And in this one, I enjoyed the mystery more, and I liked the cast. And, you know, speaking of Elon Musk, I thought all of their you know, parody of obscenely rich people was really timely. Mm. So that was great. I watched the Muppet Christmas Carol for the first time oh. and loved it because it was a super sweet movie. Uh, I rewatched eyes wide shut and it was still great. Hell Someone, yeah. I saw it uh, actually in a theater and a woman fell asleep and was snoring very loudly. And that was something oh, you that saw united it on the, big the screen? whole screen? Yeah. I've never oh, seen it before. I'm so
1: jealous. It's so fun.
0: Yeah, on Christmas Day, too. The ultimate Christmas movie. Uh, I saw the documentary All the Beauty and the Bloodshed about uh, a famous photographer. Uh, Her name is uh, Nan... Fuck, what is her last name? Nan Golden. She's actually... Her photography is really great. But she's a photographer who kind of came up during the new wave of New York in the 70s and 80s. And she suffered from addiction to Oxy. And she has now, uh, it details her campaign to sort of remove the Sacklers from museums, which has been actually pretty successful. And the documentary is really good. Uh, I saw two movies I did not like, Babylon and White Uh. Noise. I will not talk about them. Oh no. Uh, oh. I I watched Don't Worry Darling, which I was surprised by how much I didn't hate it, though I don't think it's <laughs> a, a great movie. Uh, and yesterday I saw Confess Fletch, which I thought was really, really fun. Uh, and so it also made me sad because that movie got zero like attention when it was released. And well, probably they're not going to make any more. But it was a super fun detective romp. Uh, and I wish they would make more of them because they were really fun.
1: All right. Well, I saw Glass Onion <laughs> and Eyes Out Mystery. Thought it was great. Enjoyed it quite a bit. Like you, I think I liked it more than the first one. Um, I rewatched Gremlins. Still fucking rules. Uh, <laughs> I watched After Yang. After Yang's great.
0: Oh, it's so fun. The opening dance is amazing.
1: You know what? Oh, okay. In the same week, I watched the uh, After Yang and White Noise. Both those After Yang opens with a choreographed dance involving um, Jodie Turner Smith's character. White Noise ends with a choreographed dance with uh, featuring Jodie Turner Smith's character. Um, I think After Yang is a better movie than White Noise. I think the choreographed dance is actually better in uh, uh, White Noise. Wow. Wow. Those are both great choreographed dance sequences. I think I got to go with the LCD sound system grocery store. Uh, Mm. But yeah, I also saw White Noise. I I think I liked it much more than you. I don't think it was perfect, but I enjoyed it. Um, I saw the Bob's Burgers movie. (gasps) Saw that on a plane while very uncomfortable. Not the best way to see a movie, but even so, I thought it was eh. It was fine. Um, I saw This Place Rules. The uh, uh, documentary by uh, the Channel 5 crew, Andrew Callaghan and the group. Um, I thought it was good. I thought they've made better stuff uh, online. I thought maybe it bit off a little more than it could chew, but there's some good stuff in there. Um, I saw New Year's Evil, the 1980 uh, New Year's Eve set slasher movie. It's fine. Um, The next day, I saw Terror Train, the other 1980 New Year's Eve set slasher movie, here's a fun thing I noticed. Terror Train, 1980, stars Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm -hmm. A few years later, Trading Places, also set at New Year's, stars Jamie Lee Curtis. (gasps) Both of these movies posit that a normal thing to do on New Year's Eve is to have a costume party on a train i have never heard about that in my life but two movies starring jamie lee curtis within a few years both do that as their setting what was going on
0: (laughs) i think uh yeah i don't know but wouldn't you like for that to be a thing a costume uh, party on a train? That sounds kind of fun. If it's the fancy trains.
1: I was discussing this uh, with a friend uh, uh, yesterday. And we were like, that does sound fun. But then it's like, so is your January 1st, you have to take a train back?
0: <laughs> no, you take a plane back. A oh, party okay. plane.
1: Um, I rewatched Black Christmas. It gets better every time I see it. Uh, that's the 74 original. Um, I finally saw Tar
0: yay that lydia the good one
1: real wacky um <laughs> i really liked it except i found uh the last the literal last scene uh kind of lazy and out of a a dumber movie but i loved everything before it
0: it's definitely a polarizing scene i liked it oh really is I, that scene i, pol- I, I haven't really
1: talked to anyone about it
0: yeah i i just like with just reading the discussion about it i think like some people like the last scene and some do not
1: and feel the same way. I'll talk about that with you off air. Um, I saw Megan. <sighs> I am not going to begrudge people who enjoy the movie, uh, people enjoying the movie Megan. Um, look, the doll itself is a work of uh, great artistry and perfection. The design, the character design, uh, the animatronics and the physical performance of, I guess, the woman wearing an animatronic head. Um, I think it's also a puppet in a number of shots. Whatever different tricks they use to bring this doll to life, excellent. Every scene with her killing people, very fun. Um, every scene outside of that is so insultingly stupid. <laughs> and look, and other people will be like, uh, John, it's, a fu- it's just supposed to be fun. Look, Guys, I have seen so many movies that this movie is ripping off. And those movies, you can be dumb. There's a difference between dumb s- dumb trash is fun. And there's a difference between smart dumb and lazy dumb. And then fortunately, mm. uh, uh, Megan and a lot of the movies from the James Wan uh, fucking assembly line of horror movies. I'm talking yeah. malignant. I'm talking all the fucking... Uh, Terrible Ones with Patrick sauce. Wilson and, uh, 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 oh, uh,
0: not Contagion.
1: Yeah, the the movies that are based on two real-life con artists, but posit that they were real heroes that communicated with God. No, the Warrens were fucking con artists that stole money from vulnerable people. Conjuring. Uh, yeah, Conjuring. Yeah, fuck all this movie. But yeah, that's the way, I, like, Megan's fun. It's fine. It's just... Like, you could just try a little harder to make it not as, eh, whatever. Eh, if you think you'll enjoy it, you'll enjoy it. Um, and, yeah.
0: Good. I have not seen Megan. I enjoyed the trailer, and I feel like my enjoyment would not be surpassed by seeing the full movie. So yeah, I will probably, probably right. just, <laughs> <laughs> I will not watch it. Uh, Cool. Well, this is exciting. John, are you excited about what's coming up in the box office next time we meet?
1: Uh, always. I don't know. What's coming up next time?
0: Well, it's actually only one movie in wide release. And it could be that looking at the slate, it might just be Avatar again and we'll just do an old movie again. But the only thing that's coming out on two weekends from now, wide release, is missing all caps from the people who brought you searching. I don't know what kind of caps they used.
1: The trailer for Missing was uh, in front of every movie I've seen for the past few months. And I am so sick of watching uh, that that little girl who's from, she's the daughter in something I saw recently. Oh, from the Suicide Squad. She's Idris Elba's daughter. But I'm so Mm -hmm. sick of watching that little girl go, I'm not giving up on my mom. yes Um, Uh, we have uh, to talk
0: about the kinds of movies that you look for them to come out just so that you can stop seeing the trailer yes i definitely uh have a few of those in my list currently
1: (laughs) i i think we uh i think maybe next time instead we should do our best of 2022
0: oh that's true we could do that Ooh, fuck missing yes that's what we'll do
1: missing has gone missing from our list of episodes. Instead, Great. look forward to a best slash worst of
0: 2022. Oh, yay. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, we should do that. It's Exciting. weird because uh,
1: the best of 2022, we're just going to be doing an Avatar episode again.
0: Oh, you mean Tar,
1: right? Uh, Lydia Tar goes to Pandora. Okay, here's our next movie <laughs> to pitch. We'll talk about that off record. Uh, let's get out of here. Bye, everybody.
0: Bye. Toot, toot.
1: toot toot. indeed.